Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. And Mike Tom, Colleen Hood is off today. A really interesting conversation with an Anglican priest who is now going to be the pastor of not one but two churches. He's actually kind of used to uh, being in charge of a few different congregations at once. What makes this one unique is it's two different denominations coming together to form one church in his community. Father Chad McCharles joins us this morning from Nipua, Manitoba. Full disclosure as we begin here, Chad and I actually know each other. We grew up together in the same small town in western Manitoba. Chad, the first thing I want to know is... Uh, when you'd left school and you started, you got married, you were a baker and you were a really good baker. How do you go from being a baker to an Anglican priest? How'd that happen? Yeah, the two are seemingly disconnected. Um, but the line that my wife absolutely hates is I went from baking bread to breaking it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, the baking thing was a, a direct connection to my farming background, right? All of that. And actually, we're connected to Tallgrass in Winnipeg. It's oh. a family a family connection as well. Um, but all along, had felt a calling uh, to the priesthood. So it was just a matter of time. Yeah, you followed that call and uh, began ministry. You have the reason we're talking to you today is a great new ministry in a town in western Manitoba called Nipawa. But before we talk about that, this isn't actually your first time ministering in that community of Nipawa, is it? No, it is not. Uh, Nipawa was my first charge um, right out of a seminary uh, in Winnipeg in 2008. The Bishop of Brandon sent us to Nipawa. And there were five churches here to look after in the area. And uh, we spent five years doing that and got to love the community immensely. But uh, when we left, you know, we never dreamt we'd be back. Um, A lot of people might not understand, like, uh, yeah, churches like Anglican churches or some other denominations. Yeah, you're not in just one church. Like you said, you had five. Were you Mm -hmm. preaching at more than one place the Sunday then, or did you kind of rotate? Uh, average of three to four uh, wow. services a Sunday, uh, including care homes and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it keeps you on your toes, certainly. <laughs> Could you use the same sermon at least, or did you have to write new for every place? No, thanks. Good be to God. Uh, the lectionary <laughs> is the same uh, every Sunday in every church. So I uh, got to deliver the same sermon. And the poor family who dragged around with me, right, wife and kids, <laughs> they had to hear it every time. <laughs> Oh, those poor pastor kids, hey? Right. <laughs> so like you mentioned, you left Nipawa. Uh, you were out on the East Coast for a season. Now you're back in Nipawa, and something really interesting is going on. Not only are you back at the Anglican church that you were at before, but you're doing something kind of new. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, it's really exciting. And truth be told, um, kind of sideswipe me. I, I didn't see this coming at all. Um, anyone who knows me knows I'm pretty dyed-in-the-wool Anglican, traditional, all that. Um, and so when we came back to Nipawa, it wasn't to a position. It wasn't to a, um, a, a position in the church. It was just time to come home for a number of reasons. And so um, when folks back here heard we were coming home, we started to get phone calls 
um, about uh, the United Church and the Anglican Church who had been uh, cooperating uh, in a number of ways, sharing services and helping out at each other's funerals and those sorts of things for a few years and uh, was presented with this opportunity to minister to both congregations, um, which at first I assumed they were going to remain in their separate buildings, you know, the Anglican Church ahead of the street, United Church down the street, uh, a couple services a Sunday, which, you know, no skin off my nose. I'm used to doing three or four. Yeah. Um, but when we got home, it became very clear very fast that is not what their intention was. Um, the Anglican Church had discerned over a number of years that they no longer wanted to pour their resources into the building. Um, building's in great shape. You know, it's not as though it needs anything major. Uh, they just felt called to um, support, uh, you know, the church in the community, the wider church, in another way. Ah, so they and, felt like the the money that it took just for normal upkeep of a building, nothing major, but it was distracting them from carrying out their mission as the church in Nipawa. Absolutely. And I mean, you and I both know the building can become a real distraction uh, for congregations and, you know, something to hold on to and a diversion in lots, lots of ways. Not saying that that sacred space isn't important, mm. um, but in rural context, uh, you know, to have a bunch of different denominations trying to support their own individual buildings takes a lot of money. Um, and so St. James... Anglican here in Nipawa just said, you know what, we need to do something new. Um, and they were making that decision not from a deficit position, but from a calling, a sense of calling. Um, and it just so happened that both the United Congregation and the Anglican Congregation were without um, clergy at the time. And so looked at coming together. So that's why they were helping out for funerals and different things like that. Both churches were kind of without steady clergy. Did I lose you for a sec? There we go. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that was certainly part of it. Um, but also the, like the United church is a, a lot bigger. Um, it's air conditioned. <laughs> a bonus. And so, you know, when you have a big summer funeral or a big summer wedding, um, you need the space, you, you know, those sorts of things. And so there was just this cooperation that developed over the years. Um, hey, well, and preaching you know, in those really a, a great preaching in those Anglican garments up? in the summer in an air conditioned building must have sounded pretty appealing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, interestingly enough, Right now, because of COVID-19, um, the United Church building is not open until September. The board had voted to do that earlier in the year. Um, in the meantime, we've come together in a formal way and made uh, this ecumenical shared ministry agreement, um, which we've titled the Nipawa Anglican United Shared Ministry. Um, and that happened July 1st. And so... The Anglicans were sanctioned by the bishop to go back to public worship uh, in June. And so suddenly, you know, we were faced with this dilemma. Um, so the Anglicans are worshiping on Sunday. Our new United Church family members are not able to worship on Sunday. 
you know, what do we do? And so we did the obvious thing and just uh, invited combined worship in the Anglican Church um, for the summer months. And it's it's kind of a neat way to wrap things up in that building mm. um, before we make the move down to the United Church building. Yeah, that's really neat, inviting the new family into the old building that you're going to leave yep. behind to carry out new ministry. One of the yep. things that I found really interesting about this, um, certainly two congregations amalgamating, it's not really anything new. In fact, the church that I pastored was a combination of two former congregations, but they were part of the same denomination, and they decided right. to join together for a variety of reasons. Here you have two distinct denominations coming together. <laughs> How's that going to work? <laughs> it's it's a big deal, Mike. Um, and we spent, um, well, the better part of the winter uh, on Zoom conferences, as it seems everyone did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but putting this together. And so the judicatories from both sides, so both the United um, Prairie to Pine Regional Council and our Anglican bishop, um, we went back and forth, you know, all winter to hammer out something that would work um, in terms of cooperation. And, you know, not just shoving these two denominations together, you know, because it's better for the pocketbook, but to do it in um, a spiritual way. And so um, any given Sunday... You know, it's not going to be two separate services. You know, the Anglicans at 9 o'clock, the United's at 11. Yeah. They're all going to be together at 11 o'clock. And so that um, service is a blend of both traditions. Um, and interestingly enough, and this was new to me, uh, when I got poking around in some of um, the, the United Church liturgical resources, yes, there was the Anglican morning prayer service in the back of their Voices United hymn book. Really? I, that was one of my questions I was going to ask. You kind of mentioned earlier, too, um, like you're very like dyed-in-the-wool Anglican. You like liturgy. You're very like what some would call high church, right? And so I was wondering, yeah, how the liturgy of a service is going to work and yeah. kind of have a flow. Yeah, it will. Um, as I say, it's a blend of the two. And so... Um, most Sunday mornings, it's going to be service of the word. Um, there will be communion services, and again, that'll be a, a blended liturgy. Um, but to satisfy some of the Eucharistic um, requirements of the Anglican side of the house, we'll have a midweek uh, Anglican Eucharist oh, uh, every week. Yeah, and I mean, everyone will be welcome to that, of course. Um, but for those folks who... A desire the Eucharist every week, that'll be there for them, um, while still being able to maintain the Sunday uh, worship service as a blended um, liturgy. What I find very interesting is the possibility to witness to a community, because let's be honest, oftentimes what the rest of the world sees from churches is how much we disagree with one another and argue with each other, right? Yeah. And that, Mike, that actually, you've, you've touched on it right there. So any sense of who I am as a priest and what's important to me, you know, sacramentally, liturgically, all that um, was kind of pushed aside, not in a negative way, like as in sacrificing who I am, but that I saw the importance of the opportunity to witness, not only in Nipawa, but, you know, in a broader sense, um, 
let's face it, this world division and strife is running amok, right? Yeah. I mean, it always has, but it just seems so intense right now. And so to have an opportunity in our little corner here in Nipawa to have two seemingly quite different uh, denominations come together in a real intentional prayerful way, you know what? I was stoked to get on board with that. Yeah, what I hear a lot through this whole conversation is it's it was a very prayerful and intentional mm-hmm. thing, a lot of seeking God's will out in this and and seeing what God will uh, put before the congregations. How can uh, people that are listening to this and think, oh, this sounds really interesting, how can we pray for your two congregations that are becoming one? I mean, it would be naive to think that this is all going to be smooth going. Um, there are going to be oper- or chance there are times when um, folks feel uncomfortable or, you know, the human nature is to turn back to what's familiar when things are feeling new and frightening. Um, so I would say uh, we're asking for prayers for courage and to keep hold of that vision that has been so prominently put before us. Um, like at every turn, Mike, as we were negotiating what the agreement would look like between these two congregations, um, you know, there were opportunities for this to be derailed. Right. I mean, talk about money, talk about stuff, you talk about, you know, um, polity, you know, the way the structures work, all very different approaches. And yet at, at every point where it could have been derailed, someone, and usually it was an unexpected voice in the, in the group of, you know, facilitators would say, look, this is going to get it worked out because we're stronger together. Yeah. Um, and to, to hear that over and over and over again, it absolutely felt like divine intervention uh, because left to our own devices, right? We would have wrecked this process at some point already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so looking forward to seeing how this all works out and the impact that you're going to have for the kingdom in the town of Nipawa, Manitoba, Chad. Thanks so much yeah. for telling us about it. Well, thanks for asking, Mike. It's been great talking to you. Don't forget to subscribe to the Connections podcast. Also, leave a rating. It makes it easier for others to find. We'll talk to you again on Connections.